everyone, and welcome to Better Done Than Perfect, podcast for SaaS founders and product people. Today, our awesome guest is Julian Juneman, and we're going to talk about Google Analytics today. This show is brought to you by Userlist, an email automation platform for SaaS companies. It matches the complexity of your customer data, including many-to-many relationships between users and companies. Book your demo call today at userless.com. Hey, Julian. Hey, thanks for having me. We're excited to learn from you today. Before we get started, tell us more about uh, your business, Measure School, and what you do, and how did you get there? Right. Okay. Yeah, I run Metro School, which is a YouTube channel, but also a membership website. And we teach people the data-driven way of digital marketing, and mainly all around Google Analytics, tracking, and data. And um, how did I get there? I uh, kind of was a digital marketer before I started this, this business, this career. And at some point, I went out on my own and wanted to help people out with data because that was the thing in my career as a digital marketer, which was the one denominator that that helped me out a ton. So you cannot do real digital marketing without um, having data available. And so I wanted to solve problems for, for people who had problems with data. And um, I helped mainly to make sense of the data that they had in Google Analytics. But what turned out, the problem really turned out to be a different one because they didn't really have that data available or at least not uh, customized data to their business. So I started helping people to actually implement Google Analytics and other tracking forms, um, other tracking tools. And I really got into a tool called Google Tag Manager, which helps you to install tracking codes on your website. Then I started teaching this whole thing through courses and through YouTube. So we have a pretty big YouTube channel by now. And seven years later, we are doing this, this membership website where we help digital marketers to become professional tracking specialists that are mainly needed in agencies. So if you think of marketing, digital marketing agencies, or people can also make a freelance career out of that. So that's kind of the, the thing that we have built up over the years. Having been in this business for like 10 years or so, what do you feel is the biggest real problem like for people to use uh, tracking tools and Google Analytics in particular? Yeah, I, I think data is kind of uh, abundant right now. And you can get data from not only Google Analytics, from many different other tools. So the, the thing is that a lot of people don't have the, they kind of see this as a problem saying, I want to get more data, more meaningful data into my system. But it's really about taking a step back and thinking about how can I utilize this data later on, and maybe less data is more data in the end, and making having the, the structures and the habits in place to actually make sense of that data, working with that data, and then uh, turning data into action. In the end, you don't want to be just having data because that's not going to do anything for you and your business. You will not get an ROI from it, but you need to actually take your data, make sense of it, and then take the last step, which is the action, make changes in your business, and then you will get an ROI on your data. And that's really the, the biggest problem that people don't think it through and, and don't have the plan in place in order to get meaningful data and then uh, take that into action. When you were designing your training business, was it ever a question what, what tools to build it around? Are there any actual competition to, to Google Analytics out there or is it always GA, hands down? 
Yeah, I mean, we need to imagine that Google kind of bought a business in 2006, 2005, I think. They bought a, a business called Urchin, uh, which was a full-fledged analytics solution for enterprise. Back then, this whole analytics was not as big of a deal, but Google bought the company because they wanted to show how people who book data uh, or book um, ads on AdWords, how people that come to your website then perform on your website. So the website owner maybe bought uh, traffic from from ads, uh, from Google ads, and didn't know what would actually happen. They didn't have any concept of did they actually convert or so. So Google buys this um, solution, Urchin, and turns it into Google Analytics and makes it free for everyone. The reasoning behind this obviously drive more people to Google ads, because if you can show results, then um, more people will book Google ads. And obviously, we know all uh, about how the story turned out. Um, Google Analytics was uh, is, has been around for a long time, and it's quickly developed to one of the most popular ones out there because it was free, mainly because it was free, but also immensely powerful. So anywhere between a very small business to or just starting out business to I would say um, yeah a, a middle big business could use Google Analytics. If you go into the enterprise space, you you probably will use utilize something else. So for, was for a long time just Google Analytics out there. And then slowly other tools came up and other solutions also came up. So when we look at uh, SaaS founders, they have different problems than, for example, a blog or an e-commerce store. And therefore, they might be still using Google Analytics just to know where users are coming from. But once it goes into product analytics, so you want to make your product better, then there were other competitors out there that slowly gained market share, like a Kissmetrics, Mixpanel, Amplitude, and so on. And then there were tools out there that actually combined data with whatever, uh, your CRM system, your email marketing system. User list also has a lot of data that they gather on what the user is, is doing on, um, on the website, but then also in the, the automations itself and so on. So there's a combination. And so it slowly drifted away from just being all centered analytics is Google Analytics. There, there are multiple um, facets now out there. But Google's kind of restructuring this now because they have uh, just released, or just, I, I would say, they, it was in the works for a long time, but uh, they have kind of uh, announced a switch to Google Analytics 4, which is the new version of Google Analytics, which is, again, a little bit more open and product-focused uh, because the data model changes quite significantly, and it's not all about page views and sessions anymore, but actually about events. And that's something that SaaS founders are probably very familiar with with, with other tools as well. I just learned so much new information here, starting from the origin story of GA, which is pretty fascinating. I thought that was developed by Google, but no, actually not. That's really awesome. Uh, so GA4 is now on the way. Have you been able to track other versions? Like what has changed from GA1 to 2 to 3 and, and so forth? Yeah, I think there was the, the beginning version out there. And you need to imagine 2007, 2006, there was a completely different world. We had websites that were very uh, sequential. So you didn't have React or, or single page application frameworks out there. You even, and this is how the world really changed, you didn't have mobile apps out there, right? And that was a huge thing for Google going into the new century, uh, in, into 2010, 11, that mobile apps became more and more prevalent. Now, how do you track with a uh, online uh, uh, analytics system uh, mobile apps, actually? And so they brought out two versions, uh, Google Analytics for apps, where you had more the, the events model uh, running, and then you had your website, Google Analytics, which most people know. And then uh, they changed over a little bit to universal analytics. They made more capabilities there and they introduced some new features, but it was fundamentally just an upgrade 
to the tool itself. And it was still very much centered around websites and going from one page to the next, to the next, to the next. You were never really able to join your data from the app side to the website. And then at the same time, they looked at their most used cases, right? I would say e-commerce is a very big use case or was traditionally a very big use case for Google Analytics. And also, yeah, just plainly information websites or lead generation websites. But they never really paid attention to any kind of other business models that are out there. Think of uh, gaming or yeah, SaaS businesses where you maybe want to create a project or so. This was always very hard traditionally put into the data model. And this is data that you as a SaaS founder really care about to track. And you could kind of hack it together and, and make it work, Google Analytics, but it remained that it was more built for e-commerce, also e-commerce tracking in there. So that's when Google Analytics already started thinking like this can become outdated. And it, it over the last few years, it became a slower system. It became a system that had more and more competition coming in. The really nail in the coffin was that it was not really built around privacy. And since uh, privacy is now a really big topic here in Europe, but then also uh, it's becoming more more of a topic in the U.S. as well. And how do you handle data that you send over to an entity that is over in the U.S.? How is your data stored and so on? And what is um, what are the identifiers that you actually are handling? Google wanted to to build a new system from the ground up, and that's what Google Analytics for is now. Now a lot of people think it's just an upgrade to to Universal Analytics or to GA3. But we can actually say that it's a completely new tool. So you need to uh, reimagine how you would be building it in and making your data work for with the system and how you can track the system. Because it's not only anymore about like where are my users coming from, how much traffic did I get yesterday, but it's much more, you can make much more out of it, um, depending if you if you want to customize and put the work into it. And that's like always the most important part of making analytics work for you. You need to customize the tool. Which leads to the next question that I have for you. You mentioned customization a few times already, and that is the secret to successfully parsing your analytics. What does customization entail for a GA account? Yeah, we can kind of imagine that Google Analytics was built around a use case of, of a website. And it's nowadays the sa still the same thing. You, you put one tracking code on your website, and it does an awful lot for you already, right? It helps you to track sources, where did the user come from, it shows you which pages are most popular when you have that installed. Um, but beyond that, it gives you, um, like an API, it gives you capabilities of tapping into or sending more data into the system. But it doesn't do this by default because it doesn't know what your website is actually all about. So when you start, uh, and this is where you customize your your, web, your tracking implementation to your business needs. And um, for example, if I, if I take a, a, a SaaS business uh, like UserList, somebody comes and um, signs up to the, to the product. At that point, you kind of know who that user is. You know um, what plan he, he signed up to or where he came from and so on. And these are user attributes that you can send into Google Analytics, Google Analytics 4. And this... Google has these capabilities for you, but they are seldomly used because rarely used because nobody knows how to build it actually in. It, it requires a little bit of technical knowledge and work to actually put this in place. But then you have more rich data that you can segment. So all the data in your system suddenly will make more sense because you can segment uh, your users based on the users who have a gold plan or a silver plan, right? You can also see and, and do real product analytics and say, well, if somebody creates a new email campaign or a new automation campaign in the system, 
How would we track that? And this is important data that is important to you, but nobody else who installs Google Analytics cares about because they don't have the same business as you. And so you can build in these custom tracking data points into the system that um, let you then analyze your users in, in a um, more custom way. And that's when your analytics becomes really, really powerful because you're not relying on Google giving you a schema of data that they can kind of extract from your website, but you are actually building a powerful machine that lets you analyze and forecast and, and, and look at your data from your angle that makes sense to you. Interesting. So the suggestion is to use uh, Google Analytics beyond the marketing website and into the product. But I would be so conscious about and cautious and conscious and just like downright not very positive about sending all the product behavior data into GA. For example, sending it into Amplitude feels more exciting, at least to me as a business. Maybe that's a good time to discuss what does Google do to make sure this data is not uh, used in other ways? Like, is really the data, is it really yours yeah. or is it used for other things? Yeah, and, and Google has this kind of criticism with universal analytics, definitely. And we also have this notion still going around that, or, or, or myth going around that maybe Google Analytics is used to optimize your search results and, and see everything that you do on the website itself. Now, there's definitely doubt about like you are sending data to a very big business out there, right? And, and maybe in a different country and you don't know what they do with your data. But this was also a very big point in terms of privacy. So where do you store your data, especially data that might be uh, considered as private in the EU? And are you allowed to send it over to, to US servers? And there were some lawsuits around this and Google Analytics is not um, something that, that people think of first when they think, oh, if I need to make everything privacy concerned, I will send it to Google Analytics. So Google kind of shifted and that's why they had to actually make a switch now. And Google, just for everybody out there, the news is that Universal Analytics is going to be shut down in July 1st, 2023. So you have one year of still using Universal Analytics, but then you have to switch to GA4. And one thing that forced their hand is this whole privacy issue. And kind of the new thing that they have introduced is uh, the first thing that they're not going to save your data forever. So the raw data is actually a setting that you can turn off and say, well, either two or 20, no, two or 14 months, it will be saved in Google Analytics on Google Analytics servers. After that, everything will be aggregated. So they will just keep the aggregated data. And the cool thing about this as well is that for the first time, and this was only in, in Universal Analytics was only available to premium customers who paid, yeah, paid five figures monthly to, to, to use that system, GA360, you were able to export your data to BigQuery. And that was only available to premium customers. But now with GA4, anybody can do that. So you can get access to the raw data and theoretically, you can do anything with it. I mean, this is still on Google servers, kind of in the, in the Google Cloud platform, but you would be able to take that data and export it to any kind of other data warehouse that you might have access to or combine your data with anything else. So feasibly, you could use Google Analytics for one sense or one part of the customer's journey, export that data and then combine it with your amplitude data or with your data that you have in your other database systems or your Google ads and so on. So you can make it as open or closed as possible. But the big advantage of keeping your data in Google Analytics, working with Google Analytics is obviously still, I would say, Google ads. So if you are using Google ads and want to connect your data and, and make, for example, these segmentations later on and also retarget to those people who 
who maybe are on the gold plan or so, you can do this uh, very easily because the connect there's a connectivity between the Google products, obviously. So there's some advantages, disadvantages. In the end, uh, you can decide. They give us so much space because they need to, as the privacy restrictions are kind of tightening and they need to make sure that everybody can still get access to their data and make sure yeah, that they are not tied in and the owners of the data themselves. As you mentioned, GA4 switches the focus from page views to events. Does it mean that we can still hopefully see the traditional uh, page yeah. views and uh, unique visitors, etc., or is it like entirely going away? Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. So the, the, the thing was, the data models changing. Before we had, everything was a page view. You could also send an event and you could also send social interactions, timing hits and so on. So you had different kind of data points that you could send into the system. Now, Google has simplified this completely and everything is an event. So in, in tools like Mixpanel, you are probably used to this already. Everything is an event, also a page view. So an event can be a page view. An event can be a session start event. Uh, an event can be um, signed up to a plan and so on. So everything is an event and you have your properties um, underneath that, which makes it very flexible because an event can be anything. You can use page views and this is this is what they track by default if you install that tracking code. But you don't have to install the tracking code. You could also be sending data um, through the API, the, the measurement protocol, or um, sending it through some other APIs of Google. And you are very open to this. So the data model has changed in that in that sense, but they still want to keep their old users around and therefore they will still be doing some of that stuff. But some other things are going away. So right now, I don't know if they're going to reintroduce it because it's still like kind of a work in progress with GA4. But for example, bounce rate is something that they substituted for engagement time. So you are able to know how long did the user engage with your platform, with your system or your website, um, instead of saying, hey, the user bounced or didn't bounce, which was always a, a very big metric for people who saying, oh, um, this traffic works or that traffic doesn't work. So in some ways, they're get, getting smarter about these different metrics that they put out there. And yeah, they want, they're simplifying a lot of things. And I think that the new data model makes it easier to uh, take your business case and put it onto this, this new system or this new data model, but it requires a little bit more thought um, and uh, yeah, a little bit more thought and work to put in place um, for you. Let's take existing GA and uh, let's take a uh, website owner who runs a SaaS business and they have a marketing site and a blog and uh, some feature pages, etc. What type of insights should they be looking for in Google Analytics, uh, what are the most common use cases and the reports they should be running? Right. I think everybody knows about the, the main functionality in Google Analytics, which is marketing analytics. So you can kind of see where your users are coming from. For that, it's uh, super important that you utilize something like uh, UTM tags in order to always know Google Analytics can recognize where my users are coming from. And at that stage, you have already one thing in place, which is the, the source uh, tracking. The second part would be the actual conversion tracking. That's what everybody needs to have in place as well. So if you don't have goals installed or uh, conversions in GA4, that's a must. Um, so actually the data doesn't really make sense unless you're not uh, measuring against something, right? So how many people, 5,000 people came to my website yesterday. So what? Well, Congratulations. Know... <laughs> yeah. So what? Well, if you know, well, 20 actually signed up or 100 signed up, that's something that you can measure against. And it's actually something that is uh, custom to you, to your business, because somebody might have something else in place and you have 
than metrics like conversion rates, right? So you have a, a metric around how well is my traffic actually performing? Then you can dissect and see which of the sources actually brings me the most high quality traffic. So where did my users come from and did they convert? And then you can find your best traffic sources. So that's on the, on the marketing side of things. Now, going into the, the website itself, how do users behave on your website itself, right? Now, a lot of people work with um, things like uh, funnels. And if you can kind of look at your website as a funnel, so what are users doing first and then second and then third on my website before they sign up, you might want to find out about this. GA4 has a really great funnel analysis feature that is not available in Universal Analytics. So that's uh, definitely worth checking out because you can be very flexible with what you build as funnels. And you can really experiment with what users are what are the typical behaviors of users on my website before they can convert, right? And then this paints a picture and you should always like start assembling like a puzzle of a picture of a map that you have with your data. And the more and more you get into it, the more and more you, you get that map of, okay, um, I usually get that many users on my website, they convert in this way, and this is uh, my customer acquisition costs and so on. And then later on, you will go into the optimization cycle. So you actually can find out which funnel step is still the one that needs the most tweaking in order to get more results from my website, right? So that's all on the front end. And obviously you can do a lot in the, in the inside experience of your product as well when you're actually building a SaaS or working on your product continuously. And there, that's very important. And I think uh, that everybody should not forget about segmenting your users. So users who come into your website who are just, they are just users, but you can actually slowly segment them or, or filter them based on certain use cases. So are they a prospect? Are they actually already a customer? Are they on one of the other plans, for example? Have they used certain X feature already or not? And these are all like kind of little audiences that you need to look at separately. So you, they have separate optimizations um, to be going through and you can help out each and an individual group to, to get better results uh, with your website and your product. Can you give us insight into adjacent tools such as uh, Google Tag Manager, Google Data Studio, because it's like a whole ecosystem of tools that are suddenly available. Also, Google Search Console and how that plays into yeah, yeah, using sure. GA. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, uh, I think so. Google has kind of built out their ecosystem over the years, especially because there is just a much better use case nowadays for individual tools. So if you gather data and build in marketing tags or, or these tracking codes onto your website, you at some point will get to the place where it's just overwhelming and your code base simply has uh, 20 different uh, tracking codes on installed and you don't know what they actually do. And every time you want to install a new one, you need to ask your developer to build it in. So at some point, um, they brought out a management tool called Google Tag Manager, which helps you to install tracking codes onto the website. So you install one uh, central snippet on your website, and then you can deploy through that all your other marketing codes. And the cool thing about that is you get an interface that allows you to customize your tracking code. So all of these little code changes that you previously needed to do inside of Google Analytics tracking code can now be done in, inside of a user interface. And the second part is that they take like some development best practices of version control 
and, and a preview mode that you can test your codes beforehand before you actually put it live onto your website, which is super helpful because tracking breaks all the time and then you know where to look and you can actually test it beforehand. So that's how you can send data to Google Analytics, but also to any other tool, to Facebook, your Facebook pixel or your Google ads and so on. So it's tremendously helpful for tracking implementation. Once we have sent this data to Google Analytics, that's obviously our, um, our capturing system of our data, our modeling system. So Google Analytics makes kind of puts it into categories, filters some data out, makes something into a session and, and puts it all together into some reports. And you can do quick analysis in there. But if you're working with clients like we sometimes do, or you want to present data to somebody higher up in your organization, you don't want to give them access to Google Analytics. This can get very overwhelming very fast, right? And therefore, they brought another tool called uh, Google Data Studio, which is a dashboarding software, which or visualization software, where you can connect Google Analytics directly to either Google Analytics, to Google Ads, but also many other different tools, and to BigQuery as well, where you can visualize your data on uh, with different charts, and uh, with different functionality there as well. So this is really the reporting or visualization dashboarding suite of Google Analytics. And they work really well together because Google Tag Manager has the measurement side in, in mind. So how do I get the tracking in, in place, uh, the gathering of the data? Google Analytics is kind of the central hub to gather all that data, make sense of it, put it into a data model, and do quick analysis as well. But then when you really want to convince and take data into action, you also have Data Studio available. And nowadays also, I mean, I would probably also need to call out Optimize. Google Optimize is their A-B testing suite, but also their personalization software. So you can, you can build in personalization with the data that you have in Google Analytics into, on the website itself. So you can fire a certain banner or whatever on your website or change the button around for certain user groups. And then we have many different other tools around this. So we can imagine that... Uh, Google Ads or uh, Search Console, for example, are also Google products. They also produce data and you can connect them to Google Analytics. And with Google Analytics, you can then see that data as well because sometimes you want to connect data. Like if you do heavily SEO, uh, you might want to have that data of your Search Console available inside of Google Analytics and like kind of do some segmentation again or correlation of, of data and that might be very helpful. So they, they give you the ability to connect certain tools together from their ecosystem and uh, make sense of that there as well. It's one of the uh, things that still surprises me is that by default, these tools are not interconnected. So installing each of them requires certain effort. And moreover, when you do that, you still are surprised to find out like that one doesn't talk to another. And if you start with Google ads that doesn't necessarily that it will automatically pull in your GA, which is quite surprising. Do you have uh, like any thought background or like better yeah. understanding why it is this way? Yeah, I, I, I guess the, the rationale behind it is, I mean, Google is a huge company. They also don't want to cluster up everything and you need to use Google Analytics if you want to use Google Ads. The fact is simply that Google Ads is like their um, flagship and there are many companies out there that don't want to use Google Analytics uh, for privacy reasons or whatever other reasons. And um, therefore, they, they don't couple it in. Then there is the ability to, to also think about privacy. So interconnecting data sometimes need a, need, needs a join key. And once you connect data, so for example, 
Google Analytics, if you connect it to Google Ads in some countries, you are using Google Analytics in that sense as a advertising tool because you can build audiences in Google Analytics and send these audience over to Google Ads. And you would need to have consent for this as well. So you're using Google Analytics as a marketing tool and the purpose kind of changes, right? So um, keeping it separate is something that probably will not go away as uh, they they need to be you need to be able to kind of turn one off or the other off. So if you to say uh, I don't want to have Search Console data um, entering my account, then that's uh, that's fine as well. You, you don't have to link it and you keep it kind of separate in that way. Yeah, but you can also connect everything together. Sometimes the matching of data doesn't quite add up, and that's oftentimes due to the nature of the data itself. Because for example. Uh, Search Console data is not data that you gather, right? Google gathers it for you and makes it available kind of to you in a pseudo way. It's not a very accurate data. They don't tell you how accurate it is. It's just a service of, of their Search Console to, to tell you how many search results you have or how many keywords are ranking and so on. Um, but they also don't want to be too open with it because nobody should be, um, construct their algorithm. So you can imagine Search Console data is really third-party data, and then Google Analytics is first-party data, right? This is data that, mm. that you kind of own on your website. And I want to make a distinction uh, so you can always go away and say, like, I don't want to be using uh, third-party tools anymore, just my Google Analytics. That belongs to me, kind of. One of the trends in the space you mentioned is AI and how it processes data to gather insights. Tell us more about this. Yeah, and we, we can kind of uh, just tie it all together. I mean, everybody will be cringing when, when we talk about AI. It's more machine yeah, learning. It's, the word this. itself is a bit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, we can imagine that um, when, when this was like the emerging theme, like will uh, the robot take our jobs, right? But it most likely going to take uh, the jobs of people who like gather data and work with data because that's what a machine is really good at. And we can see this in um, Google Ads, for example. Google Ads was... Uh, previously, 10 years ago, a very manual job. You kind of need to find out your own keywords. You need to uh, book them in. Then you need to control the data. How many clicks do I get? And so on. Nowadays, there are algorithms at work in Google Ads. And there's so much machine learning at work that Google tries to kind of make it easier and easier because they, they kind of captured a big portion of the market. But the lower end market, the mom and pop shop that doesn't do ads yet, they want to also get them. And they do everything now from automatic ad creation to scanning your website and then creating a website even for you. If you don't have a business website, they will create all of this for you. So there's crazy amounts of stuff going on in this. And Google obviously has a very big department and there's one of the number one players in like um, artificial intelligence development in the world. I guess there are some Chinese and there are some American companies. And now um, when we look at Google Analytics and so on, that's like predestined for the data. Unfortunately, Google Analytics data can be very messy. And that's why also GA4 is much more centered around like, giving you a structure that you can put your data into, but also um, using these new machine learning algorithms. So you have, for example, the ability, um, if you have enough and good data in Google Analytics 4, to do churn analysis, to do analysis around, or, or predictions even, to do who is going to be most likely to convert in the next 90 days and so on. And they do this all with their obviously proprietary technology, which is a little bit scary on my side. I kind of always like predictability and know how to um, make or um, uh, redo results that that we have gotten for one or the other campaign. Um, as, as AI or machine learning progresses, 
uh, we kind of have a black box. We put data in and something amazing comes out, but you don't know if you put the same data in, something amazing will come out next time again, because there's just a black box in between. We are kind of shifting to that way that we, we need to feed the algorithm the best data possible, right? And clean data um, and, and in good data. And that's, that's something that still on the tracking side is a big, huge challenge. As the world gets messier, we cannot get all the information about where the user came from. Maybe people have ad blockers installed, cookies are going away iOS 14 and so on. So there are multiple things that the, the data world gets really, really messy. And that keeps it all very interesting, I would say, over the next uh, few years, how that's still Keeps the job for the likes of you and your colleagues, <laughs> yeah. for sure. One of the last questions for you would be, who is the typical profile of someone who knows this well? Like, I wouldn't imagine a generalist marketer being great at like setting up what you mentioned. So is it a growth marketer? Is it like marketing ops? What what would be the ideal profile for a data specialist? Yeah, it unfortunately gets um, more and more complicated, especially when um, you look about uh, look at bigger systems or bigger bigger setups nowadays, because you can feasibly with the technology out there nowadays built your own google analytics but it's it's still like a massive task to do so but we have the components in place with all the cloud platforms nowadays to do machine learning ourselves or do the gathering of the data in a data warehouse ourselves and analyzing that data so depending on how big you want to build up it's definitely a job for one or multiple people or even data teams out there obviously when when you think of a, of a corporate structure but I guess for what we kind of do in helping out smaller to medium-sized businesses, um, you want to find somebody who, uh, first of all, knows the capabilities of Google Analytics very well. This is a tracking specialist because you never get into it in my career when I was a marketer and do performance marketing. You never really get into how things work. Over my career, I kind of distilled out this archetype of a, a technical marketer as well. So actually knowing how these technologies work, so for example, an app or a, a website, and then marrying this with, with a Google Analytics and the capabilities of a Google Analytics is kind of a specialized field. But th that said, there are many, many archetypes out there. There's not one kind of job description that I would say, like, this is the person that you look for. This is still a developing field, kind of. But as a tracking specialist, we kind of think about a tracking specialist, a growth hacker, obviously, would need to know how to set something up like that, but are they actually as deep into Google Analytics of knowing all the different capabilities? So knowing somebody who, or finding somebody who knows Google Analytics very well, or the tool that you work with, like an amplitude tracking specialist or an amplitude implementation specialist is somebody that you would need to go to. And then you can also, that, that person can might be able to also help you out with the data analysis and then later the, the last step of taking action on actually building something out of, of, of the data. But you might also find a specialist that is just specialized on data analysis, somebody who's just specialized on data visualization, depending on what you would need. So there are different kind of people that, that you would be searching for, depending on what you are trying to do. As we're wrapping up today's episode, what would be one do and one don't for our listeners who are trying to do better at GA? All right. GA, one do is get Google Analytics 4 installed now because Google Universal Analytics will be switching off in 2023. And you want to be able to still do the analysis that you are maybe doing in Universal Analytics 
uh, next year, like a year-on-year -year analysis, would not be possible if you installed the, the tracking system yesterday uh, or the, no, uh, the day before the, the switch is going to happen, kind of. Next year is too late. GA4 is a completely new tool, so you also need to get used to it and invest a little bit of time into it in order to know where to find your data later on. So that's a worthwhile step to be doing. One don't, hmm, that's a interesting question. I, I think one, one don't is that you shouldn't wait <laughs> to install GA4. <laughs> I, I guess the, the one thing that I always want people to, to think about is how do you actually utilize your data? Not all data is, not more data is, is good data. So think about how you use, utilize your data and don't fall into the trap of just finding out where's the next new tool, what can I do with the analytics. Google Analytics gives you uh, very much. So you already probably have the data available that you would need and you just need to sit down and think about how you can actually make sense of it and then utilize it correctly before you jump on the next cool tool that is out there on AppSumo or wherever. Fantastic. Thanks so much for sharing all your advice today. Where can people find more uh, and learn more from you online? Yeah, sure. We have a website called measureschool.com where you find all our blog posts, resources, videos, and obviously the YouTube channel as well. And if you are interested in um, taking your career as a digital marketer, if you're a digital marketer to the next level and want to become a tracking specialist, then check out our Measure Masters program. And that's our membership website. Fantastic. Thanks so much for joining once again and have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you, Jane. Thanks for listening. You can find a written recap for this episode at userless.com slash podcast. Please help us grow by leaving a review on iTunes. <laughs>